Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with a brand new episode here on The Truth, back with AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing good. We're about to go over a team that has the two fakest centers in the NBA. I would agree with that. Um, first, I do want to apologize. It's been kind of a whirlwind of a week here on The Truth. We've really had, I, I know I had a really busy weekend. I know AJ probably did as well. We just weren't able to really film the amount of shows that we wanted to. So we took a two-day break from On the Courts, which is fine. I purposely padded an extra week just to add a couple of these shows. I was trying to get them all in 30 days, but life happened. So we're having the final three here of for you on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I also want to apologize for not getting really a big uh, week six fantasy football slash NFL preview with AJ as well as our pick, weekly pick em. Like I said, it's obviously a busy time for both of us. And we are getting towards the tail end of this on the court series. So we should be good to go for this week moving forward. But anyways, guys, today we're going to be continuing with our on the court series episode number 28. We have three episodes left, including this one. And we're going to go over the best team in the NBA in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes, these are my Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm excited to watch the Timberwolves this season. Made the play-in, uh, you know, last season, last two seasons, actually. And then we're first-round exits, lost to the Nuggets in five games of first round. So I'm excited to talk about my Timberwolves this season. A lot of optimism, at least for me. And I know you're, you're being a hater, but, you know, we'll, we'll get into that hating aspect as, as time goes on. But if you guys are new to On the Court, it's basically your individualized team preview as we get you guys as ready for the upcoming NBA season as possible. Very close. Obviously, preseason has been going on. I think we're about maybe a week, week and a half away, so it's getting really close to it. But we'll go over our three key players, our bust, our breakout player, sleeper player, team MVP, key draft pick slash offseason moves. And then we'll go into our two keys to success in our conference standings prediction. So with the world champion upcoming, Timberwolves, give me your three key players. So first key player, I got to go with Anthony Edwards. I mean, he's been a stud ever since coming into the league. Last year, playing 79 games. Uh, he's consistently been in the 70s, 72, 72, and 79 first three years in the, in, in the league. Last year, 24.6 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, 4.4 assists. Shot 45.9 from the field, 36.9 from three, uh, which was a career high, and then also 75.6 from free throw, uh, which is a little bit down uh, from the past years, uh, down just like 2 3%. Uh, next up, we're going to go Carl Anthony Towns. I like Carl Anthony Towns, but he's he's back and forth. I mean, he's been injured a lot. That's been his big thing, uh, except for early on in his career. His first three years uh, in the NBA, he played all 82 games. Since then, 77, 35, 50, 74, so a good amount there. And then last year, he got injured only playing 29 games. In that time, 20.8 points per game, 8.1 rebounds, 4.8 assists, uh, he does shoot uh, pretty decently. Last year was a little down at 49.5 from the field, uh, 36.6 from three, which is also down about 4%, 3-4% from his career average. Uh, so those are big numbers that I think that he needs to start getting up is his shooting, uh, which I think going at the next guy, Rudy Gobert, does help him with that because he isn't the best defensively, and Rudy's basically just there for defense. Uh, Rudy, multiple, multiple defensive player of the year, uh, at this point, I believe three times, all-star a couple times, all-defensive team. Last year, 70 games, 13.4 points, 11.6 rebounds, 1.2 assists. Uh, doesn't shoot any threes. I mean, he's not a good shooter. I think Anthony Edwards said that he would literally get off the court or walk off the court if he saw Rudy shoot a three in the NBA game. And also, free throw has been a big part of his game, or a down part of his game. Uh, last year, 64.4%. 
uh, career average right at 64%. I mean, he's just there for his defense. Uh, last year, though, was down. He only averaged 1.4 blocks per game, when he averages usually two plus per game. There, steals are here and there. Uh, he'll get right about one a game uh, as well. Yeah, so I have Anthony Edwards as my first key player. Look, Anthony Edwards, the former number one overall pick back in the 2020 draft. You know, there's a lot of question marks with this Timberwolves team that was really rebuilding, you know, and, and I mean, they were still not necessarily semi-rebuilding, but are starting to get the pieces together for them. He was There was obviously a lot of debate about who would be number one. I mean, I personally wanted LaMelo Ball just because I think a lot of people like LaMelo Ball, but I'm glad we got Anthony Edwards. He's really established himself as a very productive player in this league. Every year he's gotten better and better. Last season, he appeared in all 79 games. He started in all 79 games that he played, had 24.6 points, 5.8 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 0.7 blocks, and 1.6 steals a game. Shot 36.9% from the field. Look, he's one of those guys that can do it all. Obviously, we've seen some insane dunks that he have. One of them, obviously, was during the COVID season when I think I don't remember who it was against. I know it was against the Raptors, but who he dunked on. Just a tremendous high-flying athlete. He's one of those guys that this is our franchise, right? It was Carl Anthony Towns, and he is still a part of our franchise. But Anthony Edwards is the franchise for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and building around Anthony Edwards is going to be huge. There's a lot of question marks if the Timberwolves are going to end up trading Carl Anthony Towns. I would actually love to see that happen. I'll get to that in a minute on why I believe so. But, you know, Anthony Edwards, this is a big season for him. How is he going to be able to compete this season, and is he going to be able to have the same type of success that he did last season? Second, I got to go with my boy, Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, I... Started off liking Carl Anthony Towns, but he's definitely cooled down, especially as of late. And there's obvious reasons for that. <coughs> Excuse me. Last season was injured with a calf strain, I believe it was. So only started in 29 regular season games. Had 20.8 points per game, 8.1 rebounds, 4.8 assists, 0.6 blocks, and 0.7 seals. Year before that, shot 41%. He was like a stretch five. And he was one of those guys that really kind of started to have big men shooting perimeter threes on a consistent basis. One of the downfalls with Carl Anthony Towns is just his interior size. Like, he does get bullied a lot, and that's one of the reasons why they brought Rudy Gobert in, because Carl Anthony Towns is a guy that obviously stands seven foot, 248 pounds, but is going to be playing the four position here with Gobert at the five. And I thought it was an interesting trade at first, you know, getting Rudy Gobert from Utah. But when you really think about it, it's one of those things that can complement Carl Anthony Towns well, because Carl Anthony Towns does want to be a stretch four. We obviously know he was a stretch five there in Minnesota. Lacks some toughness, lacks a lot of defense, to be frank. And Gobert has been a defensive player of the year multiple times, right? So you add Gobert there in the mix, and you really weren't able to see the two kind of coincide with each other and have a good connection just because Carl Anthony Towns was injured. But it's a must. If I had to pick one of these players to have, I would go with Rudy Gobert. It's not that I don't like Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know. I just feel like he was like the face of the franchise, and he's just kind of dropped off, especially as of late. So we'll see. This is a big season for Carl Anthony Towns. I believe after this season, if you are going to see a trade, um, it's going to happen after this season just because of everything that's moving forward there. But I don't know. At, at some point, too, there's been obviously a lot of discussion if these this two big man combination is something that can really work. And I think if it's manipulated right, yes, because I think Carl Anthony Towns was limited playing at the five. Uh, position there but I think you know now that he's able to play the four alongside Gobert does help out a lot and speaking of Rudy Gobert is my final key player look this guy's an absolute beast in 2020-2021 averaged 2.7 blocks a game absolutely ridiculous last season 13.4 points had 11.6 rebounds 1.4 blocks 0.8 steals and is yet to make a three I believe I don't think he's ever made a three or at least he makes very little of them um, he's shot only a couple <laughs> hasn't shot one with Minnesota just yet but he's one of those guys this season that's going to have to step up to the plate. He's 7'1", 258 pounds. Obviously had a bit of a bad reputation just because of the whole COVID situation when he touched all the mics and all that stuff. 
but this is one of the things too, you know, for, you know, Rudy Gobert and the Timberwolves, he wants to be that identity there. He obviously got into some skirmishes towards the end of the season. I believe he was suspended by the team in the final regular season game, or it was a playing game, something like that. He was suspended in some way for, um, you know, obviously an altercation with uh, totally drive like who it was on the bench. But anyways, you know, the toxicity there was a little bit of a question mark because we're like, okay, we just tried out, basically sent our entire franchise to get Gobert, which I still don't believe is really a good trade. I think we sent it way too much. We sent like 20 first round draft picks. We sent all our young guys and we sent Walker Kessler too, which we'll talk about the Jazz, I believe, tomorrow. Walker Kessler is like a younger version of Rudy Gobert. But Rudy Gobert is in Minnesota, whether I like it or not. And he's going to have to be an X-factor for them. And if he is able to be an X-factor for them, I think he'll play well. I'm really curious to see if this team stays healthy because there's a lot of interesting pieces. Obviously, Towns hasn't played a full season. They got Conley at the trade deadline. You know, they have Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert. This is a really veteran besides Anthony Edwards, obviously. But he does play with a veteran presence at times. Very veteran offense. That's quite interesting to see. And so for me, Gobert's got to be that focal point there. And hey, if he makes a three, he makes a three. But chances are it's very similar. He's still 31 years old, getting a little bit up there in age. But you know, I think he needs to have a little bit more of an expanded role than he did last season, especially for what we traded. Because you could easily get a guy like Walker Kessler, even Jared Vanderbilt, to put up the same numbers that Rudy Gobert did. Okay, your bust. So for my bust, I have Shake Milton. Uh, Shake Milton's been with Sixers for the last few years. Uh, he's a second-round pick. He was a later second-round pick, 54th overall. Uh, 27 years old. Last year in 76 games, 8.4 points per game, 2.5 rebounds, uh, 3.2 assists. Did shoot 48% from the field, which is up from his career average. Same with his free th- uh, three-point at 78 point, or 70, 37.8%. And then free throws were up by 3%, 853 I just don't see him having much of a usage rate here, especially with this team. Uh, it seems like Anthony Edwards, I mean, he's going to try to get as many minutes as he can. It just seems like that's the type of player that he is. I think there's also other guys uh, that go a little bit more, like Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Josh, I think it's Minot. Uh, yep. he, he, I know he plays a little more of that forward position, but I could definitely uh, see him, them running a little bit of a smaller lineup and not uh, or a bigger lineup and then push the other guys out. And also, they have Mike Conley back. I mean, they're going to want to use him definitely a lot more. Uh, he's been at, at Timberwolves for a while now at this point. I think that he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be more of the veteran presence. And like I said, Shake's been only with Philly. Uh, he's had ups, ups and downs. I think it was during the I think it was during the COVID year, actually. He kind of has breakout year uh, with 13 points per game. Uh, more he made same. He's definitely more of a bench guy. Last year is the most games he ever played in also at 76. Uh, I just don't see him having much of a role. He definitely is not going to have any starts like how he did last year. He only had a handful at 11, but still, I don't see him doing a whole lot for Timber- or for the Timberwolves this year. I'm going to go with Jordan McLaughlin. Now, Jordan McLaughlin was a guy in the 2021-2022 play-in and then playoffs was a guy that was you know, an X-Factor. He was one of those guys that came off the bench in that Memphis Grizzlies series and really kind of made a name for himself. He's like a playoff hero to, to that matter. And there were some expectations with him going into this season of kind of what he was able to incorporate there, and especially with him being kind of like a backup two or three point guard there. But really last season, I felt like he was extremely disappointing. He had 3.7 points, 1.4 rebounds, 3.4 assists, shot 30% from three and only 42% from the field. He was one of those guys that needs to have success by shooting, and he just didn't do a good job of it. Going into this year, I talk about Shake Milton a little bit more. <laughs> I think McLaughlin is the backup guard at the moment, but I think Shake Milton has the opportunity to have more success. McLaughlin is 27 years old, entering his fifth season. But for me, I just had a little bit too much 
not willing, not necessarily not willingness to have success, but with him being injured, he wasn't really get, able to get his footing. And I see a continued decline here. It almost seems like he's one of those guys that's just going to come alive in the postseason. He really didn't get any time in the postseason last year, which I thought was kind of interesting because there's some guys that just completely rally in October or not October. I'm thinking of baseball, obviously, right now, but uh, in the NBA playoffs as well. And so there's a lot of interesting things here that you're going to have to see with McLaughlin and how he's going to be able to get you know familiarized. But I think as, as time goes on and the playoffs come, if we're able to make the playoffs this season, McLaughlin will have an impact, just not during the regular season. Okay, what about your breakout player? So my breakout player is someone I just uh, named Dreffler, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Uh, Nikhil started with the Pelicans. I really liked him over there. Uh, I was with the Jazz for a little bit. I, I could be wrong, but was he part of that Rudy Gobert trade? Uh, I could be wrong about that, but now – uh, now at the Timberwolves. Uh, last year, only played in 59 games, 6.2 points per game, 1.7 rebounds, 1.6 assists. He did shoot 44.4% from the field and 384 from three. His free throws do need help. Uh, he shot 66.7 last year from the free throw line. His average, career average is 71.3. Uh, so that does need some help. But we've seen it before, him average over 10 points per game. Uh, we saw it in his second and third year. Uh, his third year, he spent time between Utah and New Orleans. Uh, within that time, he gets right around three rebounds, low over two assists defensively. He's solid. Uh, he stays right around, right under a steal per game. Defensive, for block-wise, he doesn't really get many blocks, but he also doesn't turn over the ball or foul a whole lot. Uh, his usage rate's always been really low, and I think whenever he – Basically, whenever he's gone over 20 minutes per game, uh, it's when he's averaged over 10 minutes. And I think he's a solid point or backup uh, guard that, for this team. Uh, he'll probably play more of the shooting guard. He's a little bit bigger at 6'6", uh, 205 pounds. And like I said, I think that he'll probably be more of a backup here. Uh, he may get some starts. Uh, he never He's never really started a whole lot of games in his career, just a handful as well. Uh, but I have him taking another step forward, especially with, the guard position, I said Anthony Edwards and Mike Conley. There's not many other guards where you're, I would say, anyone's super excited about. Uh, there's other guys that I think that are able to fill in roles and be good with goal guys off the bench. I'm going to go with my boy Luca Garza. Okay, I'm going to continue to talk about Luca Garza. I love Luca Garza. He's my favorite Hawkeye of all time. He's a guy that probably not many people know too much about unless you're an Iowa fan. He's 24 years old. He's been on two-way contracts his entire career. He was drafted by the Pistons, played one season there, and then last season was his first season in Minnesota. He's a guy that's just tremendous. I mean, his college stats are off the chart. In his junior and senior season, back-to-back, was a a college basketball player of the year. One of the things that was a bit concerning with Luca Garza was his athleticism and his ability to get up and down the court. Cause that was something obviously you can get way away with in college, but not in the NBA, but he's definitely done a good job of being able to do that and have success as he's lost a lot of weight, slimmed down tremendously. It's just been a really reliable option. The senior season at Iowa shot 44% from three, had 24.1 points per game, also picked up around seven rebounds. It's just an absolute freak there. And honestly, for Minnesota last season, he didn't play terrible, especially for you know the limited time that he had. He had 8.7 minutes on average, had 6.5 points during that time, 36% three-point shooter, 80% free throw shooter, 2.3 rebounds as well. He just didn't get many opportunities. And now that Nathan Knight's gone and goes to New York, who – I think kind of got a little bit too much of an opportunity compared to Luca Garza. I think it does open up Luca Garza to having success here and being a guy that can play the five position at the number three spot. Obviously, you got Nas Reed, Kyle Anderson, even Leonard Miller are going to get thrown in the mix here. But I think Luca Garza is the guy that, you know, he's going to get some interesting minutes, especially early on in the season. He's on a two-way contract. Him and Matt Ryan, not the football Matt Ryan. 
Um, so he'll be up and down the G League and the NBA. But I think when he's been kind of given his opportunity, he's had a good good success at it. So I think that's going to continue going into the season. Like I said, it's one of those things that just ha- makes me happy regardless of seeing a Hawkeye like Luca Garza in, in action there. Okay, go ahead and give me your sleeper player. So my sleeper player, I have Troy Brown Jr. I've always liked Troy Brown Jr. First, he originally was drafted to Washington. I uh, was in Chicago for a little bit, and then just last year I uh, was with the Lakers. Last year, 70, in 76 games, 7.1 points per game, 4.1 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 43% from the field. Uh, he did shoot 38.1% uh, from three and 87.2% from the free throw line, which you can tell that he put a big emphasis on that this year because it's up 10% from his career average. He's still only 24 years old. Uh, plays small forward at 6'6", 215 pounds. You can move between small forward and shooting guard, depending on how you want the lineup to be structured. But plays more of that true uh, small forward position. Uh, last year, I mean, he put up solid numbers. He's always put up decent numbers in his career. I guess towards the middle of his career was a little bit lackluster or the last few years. Uh, at age 21 and 22, he only have average right around five points per game. But his sophomore year in the NBA with the Wizards, uh, in 69 games, he averaged 10.4 points per game, 2.6 assists, 5.6 rebounds. Uh, his rookie year, he didn't have much of a role, uh, only having 14 minutes per game, only started 10 games, played in 52 total, just under five points per game, uh, right around three rebounds, one and a half assists. Defensively, he's able to hold his own. Last few years, has gotten, uh, has definitely gotten better. Uh, 1.8 and 0.5 steals only half per game. But again, sophomore year where he has averaged his most minutes per game at 26, he averaged 1.2 steals, not many blocks, but also not many turnovers. Only averaged uh, 0.7 turnovers, so under or turnover per game. And the same with the foul, it's just over one foul per game at 1.4. So defensively, he's able to hold his own. He's not out there just fouling uh, unnecessarily. He's able to stay in front of guys and move his feet very well. I'm going to go with Mike Conley. And I think Mike Conley may not be perceived as a sleeper player, but I think he's kind of forgotten, especially with the Timberwolves and where he's at in his career. I believe he's entering his 17th, 18th season in the NBA, and he's still relatively young. I feel like he gets kind of younger as time goes on. I mean, last season, Minnesota had 14 points per game, obviously got traded over by Utah midway through the season as part of that D-Lo deal. There's a lot of things going on in that deal. Uh, Restbrook was also traded, then waived his no trade clause. But he's a guy that he had 14 points per game, 42% three-point shooter. I think an underrated aspect of his game, 86.3% from the stripe, five assists, um, a couple boards, and 1.2 steals a game. Look, he was an X-factor for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I will never forget that play-in game, I think it was. I think we played the Lakers, or I don't know. It was, it was a situation where we were playing the Lakers, and he got fouled from three, kind of like a Hail Mary attempt at a shot. And I was whizzing out because we were down three at the time. And he nailed all three free throws, cold-blooded. And so that's just the type of player that he is. I mean, he's a savvy vet. Obviously, been there with Memphis for the majority of his career. Last season started with Utah. Was there, I think, the previous three years as well. And then, obviously, last season in Minnesota. This is a guy that commands the offense and the defense, for that matter. Guy's good presence on both sides. Been a tremendous shooter throughout his career. Been a great facilitator. I mean, his facilitating numbers at the point guard position could be up a little bit, especially with the big men and guys that they have in this team. But Mike Conley looked great. It was one of those things that we – it was kind of like a win for us. I mean, getting rid of D'Lo, obviously, it was a tough situation to do. But getting rid of D'Lo and being able to get a good replacement there, Mike Conley was, Conley was huge. But I think he's just kind of a forgotten piece in this team. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do this season. Okay, your team MVP. Team MVP, I got to go with Anthony Edwards. I mean, as you mentioned in the beginning of the show, every year he's gotten better, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets even better this year. I believe last year was his first all-star year. 
uh, in that time. He also, his rookie year, was the All-NBA team. Uh, Brian mentioned his stats, and he's played a good amount of games every year, 72, 72, 79. I mean, if he's able to stay within that area, I can definitely see him, especially with his usage rate, probably going up uh, a good amount more. He could probably average, I could, I could see like 27, 28 points per game. A uh, good like five six rebounds, right around six seven assists, or not six seven assists. Sorry, like five or six assists. Uh, and again, defensively he's solid, averaging one point four steals per game, able to hold his own. Shooting has gotten better every year, especially from three. I think that was uh, one of his bigger things in college. He wasn't the greatest three point uh, shooter, but he was still confident enough to keep on putting up those shots. But every year he again they've gotten better. Every number has gotten better. Uh, statistically for him, and I don't, I wouldn't be surprised going into it, going into his fourth year, still only being uh, twenty one or just turning twenty two, that he's not going to get even better. I'm gonna go with Ant Man. Look, Ant Man is just twenty two years old. He's right in the beginning, basically, of his prime. Last season was his breakout campaign. Almost single handedly brought the Timberwolves to win there in Game Six against the Nuggets. And the future is bright with Anthony Edwards, and I hope he's there for a while. There is some obvious concern. Um, he's one of those guys that. He's a bruiser. And what I mean by a bruiser is he's going to put his body on the line every time, which is something that you obviously want to see in a guy. But it always warrants the risk of injury and all that stuff and, and wear and tear on the body as time goes on. But he's a guy that's a bulldog. He's a guy that's an absolute unit. And he's a guy that's had tremendous success for the Timberwolves thus far and has had tremendous success in his career. And I think there's a lot of interesting pieces on this Timberwolves team. But he's going to remain consistent. He's going to be a guy that's going to be very crucial for the Timberwolves this season. Okay, key draft picks and offseason moves. So draft picks, I have Jalen Clark as my first one. Uh, Jalen Clark out of UCLA. Uh, last year in 30 games, 13 points per game, 6 rebounds, 0.9 assists. Shot 48.1% from the field, 32.9 uh, from three, 69.8 from free throw, which does need some help, especially if you have a guard. Uh, you want that to be at least 75, pushing 80% coming out of college, uh, even if they are on the lower end. Uh, from the free throw line. He was the second round pick for them. Uh, he played three years at UCLA, uh, w- mainly got starts this last year, starting 29 of 30 games. The other years before, played in 29 and 31 games, but only started six games his sophomore year, freshman year. Uh, didn't start any there. Defensively, I think that it's a big point of this team is defense uh, or defensive help. And in college last year, uh, he averaged 2.6 steals per game. Uh, 0.3 blocks, doesn't turn over the ball much at only 1.2 turnovers per game as being uh, a guard there at UCLA. Uh, He also, he doesn't foul a whole lot, but he fouls a little bit, I think just right over two fouls per game. So again, nothing uh, where you're like thinking as like, oh no, it's going to be a problem. Uh, I wouldn't say that he's going to have a problem there. Yeah, so for me, my first guy is going to be Leonard Miller, power forward out of G League Ignite. It was traded from the Spurs. Kind of a surprising trade, to say the least, for the Timberwolves. He's only 19 years old. He was a double-double machine in the G League. He does have experience as a pro, obviously, playing for G League Ignite. Still learning to use his body effectively, though, which is something that's going to be interesting down the line, how he's going to be able to you know, use that accordingly and figure out kind of what works best for him. He does a good job of finishing with either hand. He's an effective playmaker. The one area he can definitely improve is his shooting. I think his shooting is about comparison to Rudy Gobert. Maybe not that bad because Rudy Gobert hasn't been a shot, but you get what I'm saying. He's just basically not a shooter, and that's not necessarily what they need him to be. I mean, we've got shooters all over this place. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, uh, Jaden McDaniels at times. I mean, Mike Conley. So being able to be a good hard force player and him being only 19 years old, he can serve the Timberwolves very well, and they got him there in the second round. 
And then Jalen Clark, as you mentioned, guard from UCLA. Again, another surprising pick. I was kind of surprised that he did fall. He has good athleticism, technique, and impressive agility. He's able to play stout defense, especially as a young gun, which is, again, hard to come by. I feel like I said at every show with guys that are good defenses. Slasher, you know, completely finished around 68% of his interior shots, layups, etc. He's a good off-the-ball player as well. And in my opinion, he would have been drafted sooner if he had tore his Achilles there in college. But, I mean, that's always a concern with guys. But at the end of the day, you can't avoid injuries, and injuries are just a part of you know, day-to-day life. But he's one of those guys that's had tremendous success there at UCLA, and I think that continues here in the NBA. You know, the interesting part is, is how often is he going to be able to get on the court maybe this season or even next season? I don't know if they signed him to a two-way. I'm guessing they did just because they got a lot of guards they can rock out there. They got Mike Conley, Jordan McLaughlin, Shake Milton, Mikhail Andrews, Andrew Walker, and Jack Londo as well. And then off-season moves, Shane Milton, shooting guard from the 76ers. First of all, killer name. Anytime you get your name, Shake, that's insane. He does everything you ask out of a guard, passing, scoring, etc. He's solid at defense, not tremendous, but not terrible. He has big hands with help with rebounding, shot blocking, um, which obviously is huge, especially the guard position. In my opinion, curious to see how good he's going to play when he starts to draw more fouls. He has starter potential. I think complements Mike Conley really well as far as being a good, reliable guarding and two. You can also play the two very effectively as well. So kind of one of those prototypical guards that is not necessarily a huge name, but a guy that definitely deserves some more recognition. And then I'm also going to go with Troy Brown Jr., shooting guard from the Lakers. Team first guard helps you when you have LeBron and AD, right? Being a team first guard there, having two big men like that. But Troy Brown Jr. was one of the first signings, I think, in the entire free agency. You know, super excited about him. I actually watched a lot of him when he played for the Lakers. A great rebounder for his size. Great at steals and taking the ball away. Again, one of those dirty work players who works behind the scenes. Good shooter at times. Can be a little bit spotty with that. But again, good overall um, facilitator. And like I said, does all the dirty work, drives all the fouls, all the good stuff. Which kind of leads him to being a little bit too aggressive at times, especially when driving into the paint um, and that can cause some troubles but hey i'd rather have a guy that's hard nosed like that's going to take the fouls drive in aggressively but he has been a little bit prone to being too aggressive and with a lot of playmakers on the team that is something that may be a little bit of his downfall i think more consistency will get him on the court but a good situational piece right like he's a guy that has tons of potential but i think being a little bit more consistent just overall is going to help him tremendously of having success and really kind of establish himself to that next man up and, and being a key piece of that um you know that, that bench there Okay, what about your two keys to success? So my first one is that both centers need to play better, both Cat and uh, Rudy. I mean, we get at this point, we understand what Rudy is. He's going to be that defensive guy, defensive only. He's not going to shoot. He's going to maybe – he's going to give you right around 10 points per game. But just as a whole, I, I just don't like the center. I, I do, but I don't at the same time like this uh, center duo. I mean, they're both – uh, like I said, yeah, it seems like they're both like fake centers. Like uh, they're both like polar opposites. Cats, the cat always gets pushed around down low. He's not a good defender. He's much better stretch five. Uh, but he's a good shooter, able to create on his own. Uh, down, not really down low, but really create shots for himself. And then there's Rudy Gobert, where you basically have to hand, uh, hand him a hand him basketball on a silver platter for him to score. I mean, like it's got to be right there. It's got to be a wide open dunk. Uh, he's going to do things really well defensively, but he's not going to be able to create shots. Uh, I think there's like there's a clip of like him making like this little fadeaway jumper, and the entire bench like is like in amazement that he even like made a shot like that. I mean, they're, like I said, they're complete opposites. And then second one is Cat staying more healthy. Uh, I think this entire team rotates around their uh, how the big man play is going to be. Cat, uh, I mean, he's as we mentioned earlier on the show. Uh, that he's great early in his career. He was there playing almost every single game, or he did play every single game uh, his first three years. And then the last few years, 
I think he's had a, a season where he's played 70 plus games, but outside of that, it's not been many games. Uh, last year, I believe, like you said, it was the calf injury, uh, COVID year. Obviously, he missed time. All the other years in between, he's missed time except for really three, three to four seasons of his career at this point. So my first key to success is just Ant-Man. Take a hold of the franchise, right? I think it's obvious that Ant-Man is going to be the franchise piece moving forward. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is also a guy they drafted with the number one overall pick, but back in 2015. Ant-Man's really taking the reins of that, especially with Carl Anthony Towns' absence, even some inconsistencies at the guard position with D'Lo being spotty at times and getting a new guard there in Mike Conley. One thing has remained consistent, not going to win. That's Ant's ability to stay on the court and, and be a very reliable option. So he is the centerpiece of this franchise. He's got to continue to be that, right? He's got to continue to play hard. Guy can continue to do everything that he needs to do and just lead his team to the right position to win. And second, it's a do-or-die season for Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, he's crazy enough to believe he's only 27 years old, right? He's been in the league, it seems like, forever, at least as a Timberwolves fan. I think he's played in eight seasons, if I'm not mistaken. He was obviously a youngin when he got drafted, but he's 27 years old, so there's still a lot of life in those legs for Carl Anthony Towns. One of the things that I talked about earlier is just toughness. Being able to be more tough is going to help him serve him really well down the line, but He's going to be somebody that needs to be huge for them uh, moving forward. And I think this is a do-or-die season for him. Like, I really do believe that either this season or next season, it's really going to determine whether or not Carl Anthony Towns stays with the franchise or if he goes somewhere else. And for me, I think it's probably better if he goes somewhere else. I'd like to see what he's able to provide with the team this season. But it almost feels like you should trade away. Like, for the whole Rudy Gobert trade, everyone's like, what? Like, they just gave their whole entire life savings for Rudy Gobert. And I would say get some pieces back that can help. I mean, maybe the big man position is, is good, but in my opinion, one of the reasons why we have Cat is his ability to shoot very effectively at the five and on the four position, but we have shooters all over the place. So what's not necessarily the need for having another one, but I don't know. It's a do or die season for Cat. He's definitely got to perform well if we're going to keep him, but I do believe that either during the season or after the season, we're going to end up trading him. What about your standings prediction? So for the Timberwolves, I have them finishing 12th. I think it's a good area. I don't think – Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's – yeah, I know. You're a big shock. But, I mean – Wow. I'm going off of – you said after the season cat gets traded. I'm saying mid-season cat gets traded. I think that the front office, I think the team's going to be done with him by that point, uh, by the trade deadline. I think by that point, you guys are going to be in contention. Ant's going to do his thing. Uh, I would, he's going to put up not empty numbers because, like, he's going to put up good numbers, but I don't think it's going to transition to many wins. Rudy Gobert, uh, offensively, is not going to do a whole lot. I mean, last year was carried by Ant. I mean, if Cat's healthy and stays on his team, we could see him, I would see him making it in a playing game, but I don't know. Or play, yeah, playing spot, but I don't know. I think 12, 11, 12, uh, if, my prediction of Cat getting traded mid-year. I know you said end of the year, but I have I have him personally getting traded mid-year, so that's why I have him finishing so low. That's re- that's crazy. I mean, hey, you know what? Twelfth. I, 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 I mean, if we finish twelfth, I might just go jump off the bridge because there's a lot of talent in the team. I have them finishing fifth. Okay, that's probably more realistic than twelfth. But who knows? It's the Timberwolves, it's a Minnesota team, and they could probably finish twelfth. So. 
Who knows? Let me go with fifth. Let me go with fifth for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think they trade Carl Anthony Towns so after this season because I think they really got to experiment. They didn't really get to experience much with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. I kind of find it interesting. Like, I feel like teams don't really get experience with these dream scenarios, right? Like, we think of the Nets or even, you know, teams like the 76ers at times, the dream situations. Like, they always seem wanting to be injured, one's pissed or whatever. And so I really think they want to give the Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns situation a little bit of a look see. I think it does work out this season. I think Ant has a good year. All in all, I mean, it's a very crowded West field, I do believe. But, you know, the Timberwolves have made the play in the last two seasons. I think they at least get out of that. I think they're finished sixth or fifth. I don't think their talent is enough to get them into the top four. But I think they do finish fifth. I think they win a playoff series. And I hope they win a playoff series at least. But I think this is the last season with Towns. And I'd be curious to see, too, if they do finish 12th. Obviously, they have a lot of changes they need to make. And that's pretty embarrassing for the fact that, look, the Timberwolves basically got Rudy Gobert and said, we got like three, four seasons to win a championship because down the line, we're screwed, have no draft picks, no development. So we really got to make some noise. And there's only two ways to count it on. It's either win or find a way to trade your pieces back and get your team back in situation. But I think 12 is a little bit uh, too, uh, too in-depth to say the least. But hey, you know what? The Mavericks finished 11th last season, so who really knows? Well, anyways, guys, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information and value. Make sure you follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok as well at the.tt.truth. Got a lot of fun, exciting stuff on there. And as always, like I mentioned, I do apologize for a little bit of inconsistencies. I think we're going to round out the final three here in the final three days, but we'll for sure get the final two ones out before the start of the NBA season. Maybe will space out a little bit just because there is a busy schedule but if you guys if we do change anything like that feel free to check out the twitter but we got the jazz tomorrow and then finishing off the world champion denver nuggets so like i said thank you guys so much for listening as always i'm your host the one you love the most niall Heston, joined once again by aj ponciano take care and good night